What's up, guys? I'm Jack Noll, and this is Decoding Athletes with myself and Nick Bright. That is right. I am locked down in my London living room, and Jack is down in his gym in the southwest of the UK. So, Jack, what's going on, boy? Oh, are you all right? <laughs> what's on? <laughs> yeah, you're, you're living life. You're in the gym as well, and I should point out, this gym is... Uh, it's in your house somewhere. It's connected to your house. Just explain uh, for, for the viewers and the listeners exactly the geography of this gym. Well, I can't. I actually kind of shot myself in the foot at the start because um, we bought the house off plan. And then for some reason, well, we bought it. We had no kids. Um, it was just me and my partner. And I was like, awesome. The original garage that was attached to the house, I um, bullied my missus into letting me turn it into a man cave. So uh, you could imagine that's a double garage attached to the house. It's just one room now of just my PlayStation, few recovery stuff in there. Um, and then along came two kids, a load of junk, a load of rubbish. Um, so she made me build a, like a bit of a garage um, down, down the bottom of the house. Um, so I said, that's fine, but I want a gym attached to it. Well, I guess when you're a, when you're a pro athlete, you kind of need it. So you've got the excuse. So there is that. I would love though, let me tell you, to not have to share gym equipment with the gym bros <laughs> at my gym. So I'm very jealous. But um, this podcast is, it, it's about getting to know you as a person, to be honest with you, you know, because we, we, we know quite a lot about Jack Knoll, the rugby player, we've seen lots of interviews and, and heard lots of interviews, um, you talking about rugby and stuff. And obviously we are going to go there, but equally, I want to know what makes you tick, um, you know, and each episode, we're going to find out lots of different stories about you. I, I hope you're ready to open up to us. Mate, 100%. I'm very excited for this. All right. Uh, well, just before we get into this episode properly, tell us a little bit about the Chiefs. Oh, I, don't, I don't know where to start, mate. Um... To be fair, it's been a, it's been an absolute mental, you know, 10, 15 years. Um, so as far as I go back, I've been at the club now nearly 10 years. Um, so even when I joined, you know, they, they had just come from the, the second division of the championship. Um, a dream of Exeter to, you know, to get a team, well, the whole of Southwest really, you know, we've also got Bath, Gloucester, you know, Bristol, teams like that. But further down Cornwall and Devon, we've never really had a, a premiership rugby side. Um, so this was the big dream for, for Exeter. Um, obviously growing up, I watched a little bit as a kid when they were in the second division. And then where we've gone in the last 10 years, you know, keeping it short, but you know, go, go from that league to the premiership, you know, to win the premiership a few years ago. Um, and now to come off the back of the season we've just had last season was one of, the, you know, the weirdest, but, you know, one of the best seasons we've, we've ever had. Obviously the weirdest saying that we've had no fans, um, empty stadiums, just two teams playing against each other. But we won, we won the Premiership, you know, we won the Champions Cup. Uh, stuff like that doesn't normally happen to players uh, like myself or anything. So, you know, it's, it's been a surreal year. Yeah, absolutely surreal. And, you know, this is episode one of the podcast um, and we're going to be decoding the Chiefs. And that was the perfect kind of succinct way of summing up this crazy 10-year period that the Exeter Chiefs have gone through. But who better to bring in than two teammates. Now, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to this. I, I can't lie because, you know, not only are these two teammates of yours, they're, they're almost family. So let's welcome onto the podcast Luke Cowan-Dickey and Henry Slade. Here we are. Here we are. What's going on, fellas? You all right? Yeah, what's going on? What's going on? You good? Good, mate. Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Um, thank you for coming on. Um, looking forward to this very much so because I, I kind of feel a little bit like an intruder in this bromance. So straight away, Jack, I, I just want you to break down how long you guys have known each other, uh, where you first met, this friendship that you've got. 
I met them a couple of weeks ago. To be right now, Dickie, are you playing? Are you playing PlayStation, mate, or are you actually involved with us here? No, I'll explain. No. He's, he's got a Fortnite. So you screen. have, haven't you? Uh, lady said on a laptop with headphones. <laughs> I thought, perfect. Gaming setup sorted. I've known Dickie, unfortunately, since we were about four or five. Um, we started playing for our um, our old local team, Penzance Newland Pirates, back in Cornwall. Um, and I think I met Slady. When, what were we, Slady? About 16? Yeah, Southwest, wasn't it? Yeah, 16 went uh, Southwest of England stuff. Slady actually came down to Truro College and played for us in our second year as well. And then we, you know, we all joined, all got signed for Chiefs at the same the same time for the same year. And we've been stuck together ever since, unfortunately. You, you say that like it's a bad thing. I mean, it, it, is it a bad thing, Luke and Henry? I mean, I feel I feel like he's calling you Dickie and Slady. I don't, I don't want to feel like, you know... Uh, um, I'm trying to get in on the bromance yet, so I'll I'll stick to Henry and Luke for now. No, nah, it's, it's not too bad to be fair. No, no, I'm, yeah. I'm happy. I met Nosey at four. If I met Slady at four, I think my nose had melted off because his breath stinks. So. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get like, that in first, didn't he? Brilliant. <laughs> All right, can I get this? Can I get this story out in the open? We don't know what you're going to nah, say yet, but yes, because I've had enough. I've had I've had enough of it. If I'm going to be honest, right. So everyone, everyone who goes on any podcast now just says my breath stinks and it actually winds me up a little bit. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to admit it winds me up a little yes, bit. Yes. So I'm going to him. tell the story. You do realise that's your, your, finally your, your, the your worst mistake is admitting that it's wound you up. Yeah, but they know, they know, they know it winds you up a bit. They Go know. on, how did it start then? Um, right, I'm getting out of there. I don't, I don't want any interruptions, All right. please. I'll tell it word for, like exactly right and I'll tell it. Right, so I reckon it's about 2015. Um, I'm in rehab. There's probably like four or five of us are in there for like quite a long time, like together, like three, four, five months. Right. I think the, the boys got together and they were like, there's three of them. They said, right, we're going to get Slady on a, on a prank. So they, they spoke to each other. I'll tell him his breath stinks. So one was in the changing room. Uh, as I, as I came out from the toilet, they're like, oh, I was talking to them. Oh, shit, your, your breath smells, man. I was like, really? Like, Does it? I was like, surely not. But then I went, then I walked out of there straight into the physio room the other the other one of them was in there started talking to them they told me my breath smells it's like there's no way he could have told him before i got to him so it's like maybe it does smell a bit i was like i was checking it and then i walked into the gym final straw someone else said it. i was like right there's no way there's no way that they could have they could have made it up so i was like right my breath actually must smell so i went home <laughs> i was brushing my teeth like two or three times a day I was taking a toothpaste, toothpaste, toothbrush into the club. I was walking around, never seen without chewing gum in my mouth. Um, and this was for about, I don't know, probably like two or three weeks. Um, and then one of the boys, uh, Byron McGuigan, he he let it slip. It was a joke. And honestly, massive weight off the shoulders. It's the worst, one of the worst things someone can say to you, isn't it? Mm. Like your breath smells. And... Yeah, it was it was quite dark actually for a couple of weeks. I was I was literally I was worried. Mate. I was well, that's that story is complete but, um, BS. That's not up, real. Ended up being right. that, and that is word for <laughs> word exactly what happened. I won't have anyone saying otherwise. Yeah, okay, that might have happened, but I wouldn't know the joke. Your breath genuinely stinks. <laughs> oh, brilliant. I, I, are you are you looking to get brilliant. get revenge on this? I mean, you know, it feels like that was quite a calculated thing for for people to do. Are you are you biding your time? It was calculated. Yeah, good things take time. We'll <laughs> Mate, see. you can't we'll you can't go against the whole squad though, like because even if it was a joke, <laughs> everyone was in on it. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's got it's got to a big thing now. Well, mate, we we go on we go on all different podcasts and everything like that. What was the one? One of our boys moved over to um one of our boys moved oh, over mate. to Hong Kong. <laughs> yeah, so one of the boys moved over to Singapore. Hong Kong, Singapore, Hong Kong. He's in Hong Kong, Hong Kong, 
And he said he texted uh, one of our little WhatsApp groups the other day saying, um, just as someone came up to me and asked me if Henry Slade's breath stank. Like, it's, it's, reached, it's reached Asia. There's nowhere it hasn't reached. Worldwide, worldwide. So, it it worldwide, seems like, yeah. Jack, it seems like, you know, th- 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 this group of players, you guys, it, you're, you're, you're very close, you're, you're good friends, there's good banter there, but it seems quite mischievous as well. Is there is there lots of pranks and stuff like that going on in, in the dressing room and at the training ground and stuff? Yeah, I think close is probably a bit of an understatement, as in... I live here, Jack Gendall lives next door to me and then Luke Kowandicki lives next door to him and there's three houses on our road and that's it. So that is literally how... I can't get away from Luke. I've been trying for so many years, but unfortunately he's still there. Um, Mate, I ain't seen you. I don't know how long. You're a liar. <laughs> yeah, you don't leave your house. This guy has got a massive electric gates, barbed wire all over his gates. No one can go in. The only time I see him go, he buzzes out, blacked out windows, drives past my house, not even a two. A lot of lies around in this at the moment, but um, there's no, a lot of lies, isn't there? But to, we never to, get the truth getting away with your story. Exactly, exactly that. To be fair, we always we always wind each other up, but the way we say it is if if you're being nice to someone in the team, it's probably not a good thing because it means you probably don't like them. When you're being horrible to each other and you're taking the mick out of each other, it's it's normally a good thing because you're part of it and. I think that's why we're so good at the club. Is, you know, we we have no massive egos or anything other than Slady a little bit now and again. But you know, we make sure we put everyone back down to level. You know, we take the mick out of each other. But that's the main thing is because because we're all in it together at the end of the day. As long as we're all on the same page and we're all going the same way, um, that's certainly what's you know added to our success at the moment. Straight away, I'm looking at this right, and I'm thinking, what's it like for new players or you know new people coming to the club? Maybe not even players. Could be physios, backroom staff. Are you guys getting them all at it with, you know, initiations and these pranks that we're hearing about? Is that something that you guys like to get on board with? No, I think I think it's pretty daunting, isn't it? Um, what was the one? What was the one, lads? Frodo. Um, we had a physio, and this is, this is pretty bad, but it's kind of the way we are. We had a physio, and within three hours of him being in the stadium uh, with the boys on his first day, he was named Frodo because he looks like Frodo Baggins. So we have players that come in now and his real name's Tom East, but no one knows his real name because he's known as Frodo. So that's kind of just what we're at. And that was with him being in the stadium for like a couple of hours and then boom, straight away, nickname. And that's what everyone, I think even his missus calls him Frodo now. (laughs) You you lot are outrageous. He does look like like Frodo though, so... I mean, people are probably be ferociously Googling pictures now to to, to see whether (laughs) this this is true or not. Um, Right. I've got a question for, for, for all of you that you can get involved with. Um, what do the Chiefs mean to you, uh, both now and growing up, and how has that changed? Um, Jack, I'll start with you on that, and we'll, we'll, we'll go around. I can't, I can't take it serious at the moment, because Dickie hasn't got his tooth in. You want, oh, you <laughs> want it? Genuinely, <laughs> I actually got it. <laughs> yeah, can you put it in? I'm really struggling to like this is, be this semi-serious. Is... He hasn't had his tooth in in seven yeah, months. All, there's all the spit on the camera as well. Wipe that off, too. Oh, oh yeah. my God. Oh, why? Uh, why haven't you put that sorry, in before? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie, Jack. I'm quite glad that you brought that up because it was a bit off-putting for me as Look well. Mate, I've, I've not seen him with that tooth in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Why haven't you had it in? Oh, I look good with a full set of teeth. 
Dark Wait, matter. it t- turns you from a two to a three. Oh, whoa, 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 ten, ten, ten. <laughs> I'm, I'm a niche. I'm yeah, Cornish niche. ten. Cornish ten, maybe. What's the question then? Go on, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm concentrating it's, now. It's all right. That's staying in. We're, we're not losing that. That's staying in one hundred percent. Well, I hope the two stays in. The, the, the question. <laughs> You'll swallow just, that in a minute. It was just about the Chiefs <laughs> and and you know what the exit of Chiefs as a club mean to you both now and when you were growing up, I guess. I don't know, like briefly what we spoke about before as in, um, you know, there wasn't a premiership side down here. So, you know, all of us watched a bit of rugby when we were younger um, and how, we knew these premiership sides, but I think all of us would say that there was no way we would think that we'd be playing for a premiership side against some, you know, good premiership teams. Um, and then just go on and say that we've won it a couple of times. We've won a championship cup. Um, that's just things that you, we would never have thought would happen to us. Um, but I think what, what makes it even better about being too soppy or anything is the fact that we've kind of all done it together. Like we all went to college together. Me and Dickie went to school together. We all got signed together. We all, you know, played for England together, but we're kind of doing this all at the same time, which is, which is mental to think you're doing it with some of your best mates that you've, you've played with since you were kids. Um, and it's not just obviously us boys that are together, but like the whole, the whole team are kind of like that. There's a few boys that were originally in, from London clubs, uh, but we still played England twenties together. And now they're now they're down with us, uh, playing for us, playing for the Chiefs. Um, there's a good group of us in there, which is which is pretty cool. So you all kind of grew up together. You mentioned there you went to school together, college together. Uh, who would you say has changed the most since those days? Slade. <laughs> and why? Yeah, yeah, I've put on about twenty kilos. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, in your head. That's, that's wrong, about it. That is head. That's, that's about it. I've always had a large head. No, 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 no. We're talking ego, large head. Yeah, I, I got you, Luke. I was. Because <laughs> you have got a big head now. You shaved it. You know why he punches his hair? Ask him why he shaved that like that. Why did you... you shave your hair, lady? Look hard. No, 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 no. Why did you shave your hair, lady? <laughs> He's messed around his hair like that. So ever since oh, yeah. he shaved his head and he comes up to him and goes, do you think I look like David Beckham? Nah, it's because when Mrs. likes it. So. <laughs> That's and never whatever she says reason. goes. <laughs> whatever she says goes. Nah, I'm joking, obviously. Um, but mate, David Beckham's a cool guy, you know? You can't go far wrong if you're trying to look like him. Yeah. Um, away, just just away from the pranks, because, uh, you know, I'm I'm really enjoying this, this sense of, you know, bromance. But I, I want to get I want to get, a, it's not serious. I'm making it sound like we're about to talk about something mortgage. It's nothing like that. But what's the importance of teammates and keeping you focused, motivated, enjoying what you're doing? And I know that sounds like a little bit of a, a, a serious question when all you guys want to do is absolutely cane each other, which I'm totally here for, but you can do that in a sec. If you enjoy something, you're more, more unlikely to, to work hard at it and to keep doing it. Uh, I think that's a massive, massively important part of rugby. Uh, I think especially just growing up, if, you, if you're enjoying your rugby or enjoying whatever it is, keep going after it because it can get you good places. And like we've, we've been very fortunate to get where we are today because of rugby. Obviously, we, we love doing it um, and we still love doing it. And yeah, we've, we've been going right of, of late, but I think that's down to a lot of hard work. But I think we've, we've been wanting to do the hard work because, because we like it and because we enjoy it. So I think... Um, yeah, it's been a real good balance for that. I think another 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 thing on that as well is like that's I think that's another good thing why it's so good being in like a team sport because like we'd all admit it that we've all been pretty in pretty dark places as well. Like especially me, injury wise. I know Staley's been injured pretty badly. Dickie's gone through his fair share as well. But like, I I put it back to you know there was a time where I hurt my toe obviously last season, my foot, 
Um, I was pretty, sh- you know, I was pretty gutted. I thought that's it. I'm kind of probably not going to be playing these big games now. Um, but you know, in a good, it's a good thing as well that I went into the club. I was proper moping around. I was pretty dark, and I was, you know, kind of gave up a little bit. But I think Dickie, it was you. I think we were in the gym, and you know, you started taking the mick at me pretty, pretty much straight away. As soon as I walked in, was like, <laughs> "Look, mate, sort your shit out. Um, you're probably going to be playing anyway. You get it sorted after." Um, Walk around like you got a stone in your shoe. Exactly, exactly that, mate. So kind of we all. That's that's another side of it. How we're all, all there for each other because. We all want to win. We all want to play these big games, these big finals, um, and that we kind of push each other along at the same time, which is which is which is the best thing about it. Yeah, I mean, injuries are a part and parcel of what you guys do. I'm guessing because it's one of the most physical sports that you can play in the world. So um, you've all had serious injuries at some point, but you've just hit the nail on the head, really, for me, Jack. As somebody that doesn't play professional sport or, or could only wish I was good enough at any of them to be able to play at the level that you guys do, you know, it, it must be really nice when, you know, you are upset or you are sad about, you know, not being able to do what you love, but yet your teammates are still there to pick you up by, as you rightly say, taking a, taking a piss out of you, which is, <laughs> which is weird because it should be like, you know, like you should be putting your arm around me or whatever. But at the same time, if that's what you've always had, if that's the relationship you've had, it's that familiarity, I guess, that is going to um, put a smile back on your face. We're not all ruthless. So there are times where you do put your arm around each other when you, you can kind of read. We know each other well enough now where you can read the situation um, and you know what kind of state they're in. Um, so it is, there are times where you put your arm around each other, um, you big each other up again. But I would say the majority of the time it's, you know, get on with it, mate. You're going to be all right. I, I can tell from this uh, from this podcast right now, the way, the way you lot are with each other. It's, it's, it's evident for everybody to hear and see, that's for sure. How much time do you actually spend together away from the club? You know, do you like to meet up and, and do stuff socially? I don't know. <laughs> me, me and lady, yeah. <laughs> well, me and Jack do. Me, me and Jack do. Yeah, we, I haven't seen Dickies at the club since about... I, I, honestly, I don't leave my house. Lockdowns are brilliant. For me. I love it. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't even play online with us. He only plays online no, with us online. We've played, we played him in games, lady. You're, you're, you're awful at every type of game, and I'll never play <laughs> right. with you. I apologise. I'll, I'll get out of here now. I'm here on the podcast. Really, lady yeah. is one of the worst gamers I've ever seen in my entire life. We should we bring this up. It's because, Dickie, you're one of the... Um, you're one of the best players in the world, actually, at Call of Duty. And I'm not saying that as a, uh, I don't know, I'm, it's not hyper, hyperbole when I say that. You are actually one of the best players of the game, right? Um, well, you played no, the most. No, yeah, no one, yeah. So <laughs> on public servers, I got to number one on Hardcore Search. And I was about 20 overall. So a lot of game time plus like score per minute. So obviously score per minutes and score per game has got to be up there. Uh, but I haven't played Call of Duty in a long time. That was on the uh, remastered one, so... Um, I'm, I'm more of a kids game now, bro. The thing is, you say that, right? You're like, oh yeah, I reached number one on blah blah blah, and number twenty on right. Like that's still number one and number twenty. Like you're talking like, yeah, that's, yeah. that's wild. Hey, it's far better than it's far better than any of his robots. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Hey, imagine how good you could be at rugby if you actually paid that much attention to yeah, rugby. Yeah, you actually, instead you of actually tried. Like, <laughs> Should be out there really practice my arrows, should I really? Like, yeah. My game and Some people have got all the luck, you know, top rugby player, but also top gamer. So would you ever consider after rugby, maybe, um, you know, becoming a, a full-time professional gamer? Because this is a thing that a lot of people are doing now and you can earn lots of money out of doing it. Uh, yeah, so these days, all like kids from about 12 to 
the stick being are the ones that are actually popping off. Um, so I think I might be past the old esports stuff, but uh, I stream a little bit, which is on Twitch, which is quite good. What's your, what's um, your Twitch name, mate? What's your Twitch views, name? Cowan Dicky, my surname. So if you want to type that in, Cowan Dicky forward slash Twitch TV. There you go. Thank you very much. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so so I get the locals um, and they're always in there. So yeah, post rugby, I might do a bit of streaming. I game a few hours most days anyway. So I thought, why not? Um, got myself a little uh, PC streaming set up. Dicky did, a, Dickie did what, a charity what, what? thing during lockdown. He went, he went really out of his comfort zone and went out and did, you know, something to defy the odds of what Luke Cowan Dickey can do. And he, and he did a 24-hour gaming session. <laughs> well done, Luke. <laughs> I'm getting a sense that you guys are like the three musketeers in the team. Um, or are there other people in the team that are part of this friendship group as well that are just not on this call? No, I'll say everyone's the same, really, no? Yeah. There's quite a few of us. There's no real cliques or or little, yeah, little squads within our squad. Um, I think we're just playing with everyone. Um, if you could have three different blokes on here or... Nosey with two other guys and probably be exactly the same. Um, obviously, they wouldn't be as charming and good looking as, as me, but do you know what I mean? They, they'll, they'll come on and they'll do the same. Well, especially now I've got my two players. Uh, it freaks me out that you can take it in and out just like that. Yeah, that's like 50% of the yeah, rug players who can do yeah, that. Yeah, I, I don't really wear them, so you should be yeah. you should feel special right now. It is weird. There, there, was, there, was like a, there was like a group of us that all got signed at the same time, wasn't there? There was obviously us three. There was Dave, Dave yeah. Ewers was one of them as well, but he got signed the year before because he's a year older than us. But um, I'd say, he, yeah, Sam Hill came through with us as well, didn't he? Um, but then, like Dickie said, then like there was there was our guys that came from like Devon and Cornwall, and then there was groups of boys that we all then went away of England twenty. So you got like Ollie Devoto, Alec Hepburn, you know, boys like this, and then kind of we all then are now playing for this team. So I think that's kind of why we're all all pretty close. And like Dickie said, you could have any one of us on here um, and it would be, you know, pretty similar to what we're talking about now because, because we've all been in different areas, but we all kind of play for the same team the whole time. That's kind of what you get. The question that I want to ask first and foremost is, you know, what was it like playing without the crowd, you know, in the English Premiership, the European Champions Cup finals as well? Um, it must have been a pretty weird experience because you've got to the pinnacle of, you know, rugby in this country and, and in Europe and you haven't got your fans there cheering you on. That must have been annoying, but equally, you know, you've got a job to do and you know you need to do it, but it would have been a little bit more special had you had the fans there. Yeah, it's weird, man. Like, it was, it was, uh, it was real strange at the start. I can hear everything. You can hear Nosey effing and blinded on the touchline. Like what do you mean on the touchline? Like all there, all the opposition. <laughs> Thank you. Watching the game. <laughs> uh, opposition, like you can hear your calls, you can hear their calls. It's, it was, it was strange. It took a bit of getting used to, and you sort of had to make your own energy and like atmosphere um, amongst yourselves. But we sort of we we soon got used to it. Um, I think it, it actually felt a bit weird at the weekend having people back. Um, obviously, it was class to have them back, but it was it felt a bit different, didn't it? And yeah, it was it was pretty strange to get used to. I don't know what you, th- you boys found it. I don't know. Again, I was watching from the sideline. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I thought it was alright. Um, I don't really mind to be fair. When I first came out, it was actually quite peaceful out of the crowd. Not that I don't like it, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, you know, I just like I said, I just scrum more, do all the graph stuff. So I don't really know too much. Lady's the one who prances around and you know, claps the fans, goes out for about a thousand finishes. Um, <laughs> but now it was nice. There's only there's right, only three thousand in the stadium uh, last week, uh, which. 
wasn't many because we normally used to about 12k in there but actually the atmosphere is pretty good i think it's from having no fans at all but um i'm glad that we, we've seen a few thousand come back and like i say you said hopefully the next few weeks months we'll get more and more in and um danny park will be popping again what's the relationship like with the chiefs fans um would you say you know the players and the fans are, are quite close you see the same faces quite a lot of times there's quite a few fans that follow us everywhere and uh, I think the away, like the last away game of the season, they'll they'll come on the pitch with the boys afterwards and present us with their supporters player of the year for like all the away games and stuff. And uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool to to see them give give their gratitude and obviously to have see them follow us all the time. Um, yeah, we definitely got some hardcore fans, um, and we got some we got quite a few now down there down in Exeter. So. Um, yeah, they're awesome. Right. Um, do, do you, because obviously you've mentioned supportive fans, you know, um, and, and I'm sure you've got loads of those. But equally nowadays, it's so easy for people who are getting on your back to contact you directly through social media and stuff like that. It's very different to how it used to be. So do you pay attention to potentially criticism that you might get from fans? Maybe it's through social media or even in the stadium. To be fair to us at Exeter, our fans don't actually do anything like that. I think we've probably got some of the best fans in terms of, yeah. um, you don't get many, you know, abusive messages or all, but you know what it's like nowadays. Anyone could pick up a phone, the old keyboard warriors and... Uh, them comments keep going. <laughs> yeah, Dickie, Dickie always searches search his name. name on the old yeah, search. See if he's search your name on Twitter just to see how many bad, bad tweets you got. <laughs> I was about to say, Dickie, you, you, you must actually be, you know, because in this other life that you've got that we've already spoke about, you know, you must be used to seeing feedback i guess live because you're on twitch and, you, and anyone can comment on your stuff there do, do you get rugby people kind of coming on there and you know slating you for whatever no nah, they never really slate me uh majority of the people who watch our rugby there's been a few not someone actually came on i forgot to say this but someone came on yesterday and said about saying his breath um had a he hates it. Warrior it, would, it wouldn't be a day without yeah, that. it wouldn't be a day without um I had a little keyboard warrior today saying some naughty stuff, but I find it amusing. So I think he got bored and cracked on, but it's, it's good. Uh, I don't mind it at all. Um, the more, obviously, you, you make a deal of it, the more they're going to come back. So just embrace it, bro. It keeps me going. Mm. Well, I, I, I want to talk about motivation next because you've won it all now. Um, Exit Achieves, ab- absolutely smashing it. So how does the coach keep you motivated, Jack? <sighs> you better ask Stady this because he's in the coach's office every day. So... Um... <laughs> You'll see. Well, let, let, let's, let's, let's let our leader answer this question, all right? Well, I think for starters, we we did this. Uh, we did the obviously we did the double, which is brilliant. But there was no one able to watch it with us, and we couldn't uh, experience that with with like the awesome environment that it looks like it is um, with with full crowds. Because you, you get to the latter stages and talk in these big tournaments, you're playing in massive stadiums and they sell out and the, the atmosphere looks unbelievable. So um, to, to have the chance to maybe do that with, with a, with a packed out uh, stadium uh, would be awesome. I think that's what a lot of the boys want to do. It's interesting when I asked that question, um, you know, and I'm sure you're joking, but it, you know, does, does the coach have favorites and, and, and stuff like that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. Right yeah. Dickie. No, I used, so Dickie's Ali, his favorite. I used to be. Man. Ali Heifer. So our backs coach and Slady, there's something going on there, but I have no idea. What, <laughs> don't don't what know what you're happened. on about, mate. It's, it's disgraceful. Basically, what <laughs> we're saying, there's times where Slady probably should have been dropped, and but for some reason he's been made captain the next week. Do you know what I mean? It's just there's something going on hey. there. <laughs> put, it, put it this way, the amount of fingers we've all got on our hands, more than that. <laughs> really? 
<laughs> yeah. He'll do something. Tell me, tell me a time. I don't know. Pick, pick the ball away when it's the not not right time. And Ali, I'll be on the I'll be on the sideline watching, and Ali will be under his mat, like under his breath, losing the pot. And he got to say, so "Don't worry, mate. If someone else." No, do you know what I think? Oi, you never missed. I think what I heard him say, Dicky. I think what I heard him say. I was there that time. He said, "Don't worry, son. You'll get next week." Sure, he said that. Yeah. We we chat about it over dinner, so it's fine. You're a joke, bro. He's a joke, mate. He's a joke. <laughs> just, just, just on Rob Baxter, actually. Um, you know, could do you reckon Rob could instill the same sort of atmosphere? Because it seems like you guys have got a great kind of thing going on at the Chiefs. Uh, like I said, you, you, you're winning trophies, but also the, the camaraderie there is great. Do you think he could do a job at England maybe one day in the future? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I definitely think he will. Um, I think obviously there's a lot of stuff he still wants to do um, for Exeter. Um, obviously he's won a won a championship, <clears throat> won won a Heineken Cup. I know he wants to do that a few more times, especially like Sadie said, he wants to do it with, with fans there. Um, but I think in terms of what he will do for England, I think it's weird, isn't it? Because the lads would say as well, like you could walk into a room and have a completely different view of what Rob's got, uh, or completely disagree disagree with him. But by the end of the conversation he could have you nodding and smiling and agreeing with him just because he tells you it in a different way, a different light. Um, and it's kind of the way he embeds it into the team as well. Like all of us boys learned from, you know, the older players that are with us who obviously then got that from Rob. The reason why we play is for each other. We play for our families. We play for fun. Um, and he kind of like embeds that into you, in, into the lads and kind of that's, that's what kind of drives the team is they don't actually do a lot of stuff in terms of motivational speech and during the week or anything like that, it's because it's kind of already in the team because um, it's come from us when we were 16, 17, what we knew what it took to, to, to play for the Chiefs and what it meant to play for the Chiefs is you kind of play it for, for each other uh, and the lads on the field. Um, and that's where, you know, he's he's given that. Um, so I'm pretty sure that if he ever got the England job, he would 100%, that would be the main England focus of playing for each other. And it makes a massive difference when you're on the field, I think. I think what's, um, what's good about Rob as well is he's quite... Um, constant and like level-headed and I think if you've got like the head of your team like being not getting too emotional when we win or getting too down when we lose and you've always got sort of that that constant there it's, it's very good for the team and just it may be like subconsciously you might not even realize it but I think it is I think that's what he's, he's got very good um he got very right over the years I think that that goes a long way to I think enabling us to be consistently good uh, and being able to back up good performances with good performances and not get into ruts, you know, I think he's he's been a big part of that. Slady, as a as teacher's pet, I mean, it'd be great for you if uh, got the England England gig. Eh? <laughs> right, we're going to end with a bit of fun though, and we're going to do uh, our guest quick fire. So I'm going to I'm just going to chuck some questions at you, and you you've got to just answer them as honestly as possible. I want an answer from all three of you. Right, uh, question number one: Who would play you in a movie? Jack Black. Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Shock, yeah. He's cool and he's Brad funny. Pitt, he's, <laughs> right. Brad Pitt, he's Cornish. Right, okay. There you go. Cornish. Cornish. Did you, did you Cornish. 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 Uh, oh, all oh, right. Okay. Uh, what's your most used emoji? <laughs> Dickie's a love art, mate. <laughs> the aubergine. Yeah. The aubergine. Nah, it's actually a princess one now. <laughs> As these boys know, I don't really reply to anything, so I never really use it. This this is one interesting one 
that I'm asking rugby players. Uh, how do you take your scones or scones, jam or cream first? The Devon way is the best. There's the right Stevie way. Doesn't know. Because say which way is the Devon way? Yo, I do know what or it is. Which way is it then? Is the is the cream first and jam? Oh, okay. Because you wouldn't put you wouldn't put you'd always put butter on first on toast, wouldn't you? No, and no. Then I don't put butter. Whatever on. next. You don't <laughs> put butter, butter on toast. No, I just go I just go straight Nutella or peanut butter, bro. I mean. <laughs> Hang on, hang on, wait, wait, wait. So you're eating dry toast? (laughs) No, no, no. So I'll put Nutella on top rather than the butter. So if I have a sandwich, I'll lag it in mayonnaise and use the mayonnaise and butter. That is outrageous. Mate, when he says lag it in mayonnaise, when he says lag it in mayonnaise, that's that's an understatement. Takes it in mayonnaise. Cutting about a hundred calories from the butter, bro. Just think. (laughs) That's smart. That. Yeah, but how much how much mayonnaise you have? Exactly, but I'd still have that much mayonnaise if I had butter. So I'm just thinking, quick thinking. Okay, fair enough. Mate, his mayonnaise is yeah, understatement. Make sense. The other way around doesn't make sense. What cream? What right. jam then cream? Yeah, but the jam dollop of cream. Yeah, there you go. Done. Uh, I don't. I don't eat scones, but it's just that's just it's weird, good. isn't it? Um, I, do you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm gutted that we're coming to the end of this because I'm, I'm absolutely loving <laughs> the, the logical thinking that's going on at the, the most mad questions. Really, nah, they need to um, go now. They're winding me up. into it sooner. <laughs> that's no way to talk about your uh, a couple of your oldest mates. It's all good, bro. I'll leg his house in a minute. <laughs> well, listen, uh, Slady Dicky, it's been wicked having you on, um, and good luck uh, with the Chiefs this season. Thanks very much. Cheers, mate. Cheers, lads. I mean, what? Uh, Thanks. Yeah, I've got to say, God for that. I've got. Are you glad they've gone, <laughs> mate? I can't listen. They wind me up now and again like that. Do you know? For me, I, like just hearing they get carried on, carried well, away. That's what I like. Off. You know, just hearing the way you guys talk to each other and how you are together. I can tell that you've been mates since forever. So, you know, to be a part of that conversation, albeit you know, a little little bit of an intruder, I felt at times. But hey, I'm 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 totally here for it. And that's why I think we do so well on the field is the fact that we do um, know each other very well. Um, so like we spoke about then, you know, we, we've grown up together. We've spent so many years together. But the good thing is now, like, Exeter's not the biggest of places. So on days off, we do tend to spend time with each other. You know, like our, our partners all know each other. Our kids are all the same age now. Um, so we've kind of all gone through the same steps together, you know, played rugby together, girlfriends, serious partners together, houses together. And then like kids together as well. So it's kind of, it's, it's nice to be able to do that and then do what we do on the field as well. Mm. You, you've been through it all together. I guess the only downside is because you've been through it all together, you're probably sick of the sight of each other sometimes. So, you know. Gen- genuine, mate. Get get this for the story, right? So me and Luke, we played together since we were five. Um, he lived, I lived in a village called Penzance. He lived in a village called Haymore, which is a mile apart from each other. So we both played for, for Penzance. We both then got, both went to school together, went to Truro College together. Both then got signed for Chiefs together. Um, both then played like England age group together. Um, I moved, we moved into the academy house for a couple of years. And then I was like, right, I saved up enough money. I wanted to go and, and, and try to get on the property ladder. Got myself a, a house in a little village up in Devon called uh, Exminster. So I was like, perfect. You know, by myself, way, way from the boys. Uh, time to grow up a little bit. Dickie then bought a house two rows behind me in the same little <laughs> estate. So I was like, but it was fine because he was two rows down. So it was a good 200 meters away from my house. So I was yeah. like, it's fine. I'll, I'll hardly see him. Anyway, I then moved away from Exminster, moved over the other side of Exeter, moved to Broadclist. And then a year later, 
the guy buys a house two doors down from me. It's like, what What can I do to get away with him? It's mental, mate. It's, it's endearing, though. I like it. Because he, he strikes me as the type of guy who he does, doesn't want to admit he loves you, but you can tell he does, clearly, because he's following <laughs> you around. So, you know, you can't shake him. Hope you've enjoyed this episode of Decoding Athletes as Jack gave you a little insight into what it's like to be an elite rugby player. Remember, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe for free at Spotify, Apple, Amazon and all major podcast platforms so you don't miss any of the new episodes as they're released. And while you're there, give the podcast a rating and let us know what you think of it or who you'd like to hear next in the reviews. There are video versions of all the episodes and loads more, including Series 1 of Decoding Athletes with eight-time BMX Flatland world champion Matthias Dandois, plus a whole host of incredible sports people for you to enjoy at redbull.com forward slash decoding. Until next time, bye-bye. Mm-hmm.